Welcome to the Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is the Weekend Wanderings, a brand new podcast where me and my co-host, Jesse Davis, sit and talk about some ideas, some thoughts, or some biblical questions we have. Now, one of the keys of this podcast is it's, well, it's not planned. We sit down together and we talk about what's on our minds and what's on our hearts, and we'll answer questions that you guys send in or whatever. But uh, let's start off here, Jesse. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Day off school, so I'll always take that. <laughs> you excited for this uh, this new podcast and what we're going to be doing with it? I am. Um, I liked being on the uh, other one earlier in the weekend, so I'm excited to be here more often. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you. So the topic that you kind of pitched that you wanted to talk about today is the spiritual realm in general. Kind of a big topic, but uh, where do you want to start? I'm not really sure where to start. It's just... I pitched the idea because the spiritual realm is something that we always talk about in church, and it's always mentioned, but it's kind of this enigma that it's not really explained. It goes, you know, a part of the spiritual realm, someone mentions the spiritual realm, and you go, what's that? And they just say, the spiritual realm, and move on. And so (laughs) the kind of question is, really, what is it? What do we know for sure? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Let's start here. Um, I think we got to be careful with the separation of the physical and the spiritual realm. We believe that these are two very separate and different things because of this philosopher named Plato. Uh, Platonism, his philosophical thoughts, were the thoughts that first introduced the separation between the spiritual and the physical realm. Now, obviously, there are some separations between the spiritual and the physical realms, right? We can't see everything that's going on. But it's not as distant and, and separated as we like it to be. It's not like there's this separate plane far off in some distant universe that exists with angels, a lot of what happens in that realm and a lot of what happens here impact each other. Um, I think the greatest example of that is that story in Daniel 10, where Daniel is praying and praying and praying and praying for a delivery uh, of prophecy from God. And it doesn't come, it doesn't come, it doesn't come. He gets angry. Finally, an angel comes and (laughs) Daniel's like, you're 21 days late. And the angel goes, dude, I was fighting the prince of Greece and the prince of Persia. Um, And in fact, I wasn't going to be able to get to you until... Michael the Archangel came and stopped in and held him off long enough for me to drop this to you. And in that moment, we realized that we don't know much about the spiritual realm, but we do know that Daniel's prayers was affecting both the physical and the spiritual, and that this angel's mission was both physical and spiritual, which indicates that there's not this big barrier between the two, that they're very interconnected. They're very interlocked. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think that, for the most part, that's something that I've thought most of the time, is that they're not really like super disconnected, and that they are more like a sheet of paper with kind of on the same layer. And every time there's a hole or something written on one side, it shows up on the other. It impacts both of them. Um, It's the idea of them being very connected uh, and that being backed by the Bible I can definitely agree with. And I I honestly find more comfort in that than it being something far off because sure, evil might be closer, but that also means that good and the forces of the Lord are also so much closer. You know that you, first of all, great analogy with the sheet of paper. Never thought of that before. Um, that's a really good one. I'm definitely stealing that for a next time sermon. So for those of you listening that are a member of the Marysville Church of Christ family, uh, you're going to hear that in a couple of Sundays. Sorry, not sorry. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it, that what happens on one side of the paper is going to come up on the other. And the imprints that are made by God or by us are going to appear vice versa. Um, let me ask you this. What parts of our life do you think are most impacted by the spiritual realm? I think that our choices most impact the spiritual realm, more specifically when we pray. I think praying is us participating in the spiritual war. It is us really getting involved and fighting on the side of God and impacting truly what happens around us. It's influencing the spiritual realm to then influence what we see as reality. Um, and I also think our sin has a huge repercussion in the spiritual world in the opposite effect. I think when we sin, it's kind of the opposite of praying. We are impacting the spiritual world, which will then impact our world in a negative way. Um, and are, we're aiding the forces of darkness when we do that versus praying, which aids the forces of light. You, uh, you mentioned something um, kind of pre-show a little bit as we were just kind of shooting the breeze on this topic, and I wanted to pick your brain a little bit more on it. You said that you think the spiritual war is not fought like humans, but it's fought with words. Can you elaborate on that thought a little bit? You just mentioned how prayer is us engaging in the spiritual conflict. Can you explain a little bit what you mean by this idea of conflict with words? Well, when we see God in the Bible and he pushes back on things uh, and he, he <laughs> takes action, it's always done with words. Um, and I think that because God is like, tells us to pray and tells us to be involved with the word and also refers to the Bible as the word and Jesus as the word. And these were some of the most powerful forces for God. Words clearly carry a weight to them. They clearly carry a power. And I think that personally, the spiritual world has a kind of elegance to it, uh, this kind of etherealness. And because of that, the idea of just swords and steel, which is a very material world kind of concept, I feel it doesn't fit. It doesn't, it doesn't mentally seem accurate. So the idea of kind of warring words uh, feels far more powerful, and I think there's a lot more evidence for it. You know, I think uh, I'm immediately drawn back to the story of Job uh, in Job chapter 1. That whole idea, you're entirely right, the, the emphasis on word the words, um, the, the way that we use these for or against God and his plan. We see in Job 1 that there's this massive conflict that occurs between Satan and God. But how is it done? Satan accuses God of impropriety. But the words that Satan uttered against God had such power, such weight, that God then was on, had to justify his own morality, saying that he you know, isn't this Machiavellian tyrant who forces people to love him. He had to, he had to then allow this terrible situation with Job to occur, and it was his words. It was Satan's words that put God on trial, and it was God's words who fought against it, and it was Job's words who won the day. Because at the end of Job's life, he says, you know, these are things too beautiful for me to understand. Uh, and he stood, stood true to God. This entire conflict was predicated on the action of words. Satan accusing God justifying, and us deciding what's going to happen next, which provides such an emphasis on what we do and what we say. It Im impacts our prayer life and how important that is. Um, here's a question for you. When we talk about this idea of prayer as this viable, um, impacting word warfare against Satan, what are some areas that <clears throat> you think, uh, you look around at our world today, what are some things that you think prayer could change? Like what, what power does prayer have over things on earth? I think everything. I think 
quite literally everything in our world can be impacted by prayer. Um, in the Bible, it says that uh, like the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And with that, I mean, really, I believe with enough prayer and power, we could change everything. The only issue is that there are forces that are also pushing back. There are evil that is its own form of praying, fighting against us. Um, but I think the prayer in and of itself has the power to really change the world and win the war for God. And one day it will. Um, but the reason we look around and we say, my prayer didn't do anything, my prayer didn't work, it's because there's a whole war being fought on it. And sure, you may have fought, but not every battle will be won. Mm. That's a really good point. Uh, so to you, the idea of prayer is a conflict. And so you are engaging in the spiritual war of the words, and your prayer is a powerful tool. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every prayer all the time is going to win the battle you're hoping it's going to win. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, that is what I'm – yeah, for the long story short, that is what I'm saying. Because, um, you know, there – as I said, when we sin, it is kind of fighting for the other side. So even our own sin can stop our own prayers. Um, and it's kind of pushing this back and forth constantly. Um, and I think that prayer is a form of warring. It's fighting. It's conflict. Um, but it's also glorious and beautiful because it should also not simply be, I wish this to happen, but a means of praising and giving thanks for the good that has come out of it. Um, because it's not simply just like, I want this and I want this. It is a means of fighting for the Lord and in doing so, acknowledging and commemorating the beauty of God. Mm. Uh, and I think we don't spend enough time doing that. And I think we always should uh, thank and just tell God how much we love him. Yeah, I think I think these ideas that like, first of all, I think I think you touched on a lot of very important things there. There's one part I want to come back to in just a moment about how our sin counteracts even our own prayers and how we have to be careful that because both, I think both of these ideas are equally important. Um, the idea of thanksgiving, gratitude, these things that you mentioned are what we consider small things, things that we toss away, things we throw at the beginning or end of a prayer because it makes it sound pious or holy, you know, it's like, God, I love you. And, and we say these things, but in in our life and in the spiritual realm, the proclamation of love, the acceptance of gratitude, and the, the demonstration of respect is an act of submission that can really help turn the tide in spiritual conflicts. Love is a powerful force. If it's powerful enough for Jesus Christ to use it to wield against death and win. Uh, if, if love is powerful enough to be the light that shines into the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it, you know, what, what John says in John 1. We have this idea that love is the most powerful force in our personal fight in the spiritual realm. Our proclamation of love to God, infusing our prayers with the love of God, is going to monumentally impact it. Now, to go back to what you were saying just a moment ago about how our sin and our prayer kind of both actions simultaneously damage or help our spiritual conflict. There's a story in John chapter, or excuse me, Mark chapter 8 that's really strange, and it's a two-stage healing where Jesus tries to heal a blind man. It doesn't work, and he has to do it again. But the reason he doesn't do it is because the blind man was in a place of doubt. He didn't quite know if Jesus could do it. There was so much sin in the region he was in that it literally stopped God from being able to do what he wanted to do. This is such a perfect example of the fact that the blind man was asking for healing, but his own sin was stopping him from achieving it. 
which indicates to us that in our spiritual conflict, there are a variety of factors that are going to work for and against us in our war of the words. And prayer has to be tied to this idea of sin. And we have to make sure that we are winning the fight against sin in order to win the fight with prayer. That's a very, very important step. Now, one more question, then I'll get us out of here. Jesse, I I know that you and I have talked a lot about what we think about angels and demons off air and in different conversations. But this idea of angels and demons, the conflict that they're in, do you, uh, what do you think the, this conflict causes in our life? What moments do you think that this impacts um, our existence? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, kind of as I said about the result of prayer, once again, I'd say everything. Um, because just as when we write on one side of the paper and it affects the spiritual world, when angels and demons on the other side are warring and they're writing on their side, it affects ours. Um, I truly believe that everything that goes on is likely influenced. Not maybe a direct, oh, the devil is trying to get in my way and hurt me. I don't think it's, it's that direct. Um, but I think there's a byproduct of every action. Uh, and every choice that we make affects the spiritual world. And every choice that uh, the spiritual world makes affects us. Um, and so as a result of the constant battling and fighting between the forces of light and darkness in the spiritual world, you know, can lead to things in our world um, and can lead to repercussions because of that. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Uh, there's an article, a very profound article written by theologian Greg Boyd entitled Satan and the Corruption of Nature. Uh, in which he talks about how he thinks every single thing that happens in the universe is directly the result of a spiritual conflict that we can't see. Almost every single thing. Um, From hurricanes to tornadoes to cancer to death, these things are the net result of the conflict that happens in the heavens. Maybe not directly. Maybe there isn't a demon of hurricanes who's over there swirling the seas. But that there is conflict. And that conflict has net result that leads to things that happen in our physical plane. Uh, Chaos theory, you know, a small action in the spiritual realm can have monumental impacts, unforeseen impacts in the physical realm. And I think that's something we have to consider. I think we don't fully understand the complex matrix that we exist in. And I don't think we fully grasp how interlocked our existence is with that of the spiritual plane. Um, so I think, I think the idea that our prayers impact the spiritual realm, that our sin impacts the spiritual realm, is naturally counterbalanced by the fact that the spiritual realm is impacting us too. Yeah, um, I guess since we're wrapping up, my final thoughts on the matter would be, how I view it at least, is not that it's a different piece of reality. It's not a different area. It's simply a reality that is coexisting with ours that we simply cannot perceive with our mortal bodies. Um, And so it's not super far away. It's not um, another detached area. It is exactly where we are going on around us constantly. We simply cannot perceive it. Um, And so we must do our best to be aware of it and blindly traverse it um, through the wisdom and guidance we've been given by God. Yeah, that's a great thing. I'm going to end up wrapping this up here uh, with this passage. Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and the strength of his power. Clothe yourselves in the armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual rulers, against the powers, the rulers of darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. So for this reason, take up the armor of God so that you may stand your ground. 
I think a lot of times we, uh, I think you said it well, that we believe that the spiritual world is this far distant and separated place. When in actuality, it's just here. And it's just now. It's what we're doing. It's our actions and our choices here in this realm that are impacting everything. One sheet of paper with two sides. On one side, we live and perceive. And the other is still there, still real, and still impactful. Thank you guys so much for our first uh, ever... Weekend Wandering. We'll see you guys next week.